Hello there and thank you for joining me once again for my podcast, for another episode of my podcast, Raising Little People. Um, I'm on a mission to help as many parents feel good about parenting, um, to be the very best version of yourself so that you can give your children the best start in life. So it's not easy, this parenting lark, as we know, um, but it doesn't need to be quite so hard. Uh, anyway, so today I really wanted to talk to you about school transition. Um, and I say it with such conviction because actually I think it's one of the hardest transitions for our children. It's actually one of the hardest transitions for yourself. And I've been in the industry in early years now, over 20 years. And I have to say, when it comes to the summer holidays and the time that the children are going to school, emotions run high. Um, children change overnight. This is a massive process for them to go through. And I just wanted to come on today and really share some of those insights that I have um, with you because it's no different this year. Um, I work in an all day forest school and absolutely love it. And our children are getting ready to go to school. So parents have known from about March, I think, you know, when the well, I do know when when you get your results, as in which school you're going to, which causes a lot of anxiety for you. The children don't really know too much about it at this point, <clears throat> other than the fact that, you know, you are that the biggest thing about schooling at this point is that you are going through that anxiety of will I get the right school will it will I have, have I chosen the right school what will it be like you've been visiting the schools you've probably been talking about it with your children so there, there's a there's been a building of this whole school transition since since about March time um, and I'm always really keen for any practitioners out there that might be listening to this um, nursery managers whatever I think it's a really really good idea to have a meeting with your parents um, as soon as possible after they have um, they've received notification as to what school they're going to because um, it's a really that they'll all be feeling really anxious. They'll all be feeling really nervous about the whole thing. But the one thing I notice with parents is they don't realise that each other are feeling that. And I think it's a really good time to sit down and have a really good conversation about what's coming next, what's going to happen over that six month period at the end of the day. That is a whole lifetime for our children and it exasperates me that everything's done so, so early for them. But you know, um, we do need to brace ourselves as parents and practitioners. We do need to understand what's going to happen for our children, what's going to happen with their emotional well-being at this point, um, which is super, super important to make sure that they feel safe, secure, um, can still have a really nice summer uh, and all of that. So I think it's a really good idea to meet with your parents, to go through all of these aspects I'm going to talk about today, just go through all of this with them just to help them feel a little bit more insecure and a little bit more tuned in. that Actually, everyone's feeling the same right now. That's really, really important to get across. Um, anyway, so school, well, I've written a few notes here and I think the first thing I've written is it's hard work. Uh, there's no getting away from it. Um, you don't know at this point usually what's coming. We certainly know what's coming. And I think for... Put, because I focus when I do, uh, when we work together, parents, um, parents and I work together, um, we always focus on you as the parent. We always focus on your developing child and we always focus on the strategies um, to help you interact better with your children to get a better outcome for them. Um, and when I think about hard work and emotions for from your point of view, um, you or maybe it's better actually that I focus on the child first because that 
it, it is all about them. Of course, it's all about them. So let's let's have a look and see what's going on for our children at this point. Um, very, very quickly, we we do forget that our children live in the moment. Um, they have no concept of time. So suddenly we're saying, oh, you're going to such and such a school. Uh, but hey, not for six months. You know, six months to a child, it doesn't mean anything. They live for today. So they many children will say, am I going to school today? And of course, they're not going to school today. Am I going to school tomorrow? You're not going to school tomorrow. When am I going to school? Ooh, you know, it, it, it can queer. I, there was one scenario many, many moons ago. This poor mummy, she had twins and she decided to... Um, to help her children get used to when school is going to come, she did a she did a cross out calendar cross out and it was about 64 days, something ridiculous until school was actually starting. Now, I knew as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, my goodness, day two, these children are going to be absolutely fed up with doing this cross off, you know, calendar thing. And lo and behold, I don't know, a couple of couple of weeks into it, it was just a nightmare for these children. They every day it was no every day no we're not going to school today we're going to cross another line we're not going to school today oh it was so long for them that their behavior became very destructive i remember there were two little girls bless their hearts and i remember come friday afternoon at nursery one of them at one point got such a rage she was so confused about the whole thing because they they suddenly became obsessed when am i going to school when am i going to nursery am i going to school they've got no concept of really what school is even though you do the welcome visits of course that just gives them a snippet we're just going to play and then that causes a confusion when they come back to nursery but i'll come back to that in a minute um so you know the, 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 this little girl's um, behavior became so bad she went to one of the shelves with all the equipment on and literally wiped it all off it just went everywhere and she was in such a rage about the whole thing that we really had to step back and really come back to basics come back to you know making her feel safe and secure because she didn't feel very safe in this situation anymore um <clears throat> and again i've seen that so many times now so i'm really keen to share with you what is happening what is going on what you can do to actually help your children so they're they're going to become emotional there is no two ways about it um i liken it to us getting a new job and maybe we know that we're starting in a month's time and you've got your month's notice or your six months notice however long you've got and you know that as you're winding down in your job and getting ready for a new job, you're going to have a slight anxiety. You know, you're in your comfort zone at the moment. But when you start a new job, you're you're going to be um, a conscious incompetent, as I say. So you're going to know that you're not going to be so good at this job anymore um, until you get into the swing of it and the flow of it. And you get to know the routines and what's expected of you and get used to working with new people and all of that. But as an adult, you know that. As an adult, you are fully equipped with a fully equipped brain to know how to deal with that incoming situation. You know, you know how much time is six months. You know how to regulate yourself within that. Children have no idea. I'm just saying they have no idea. They only live for the moment. They only live for the here and now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so to try and prepare them for this six months time event, um, they think it's going to happen now. They just think it's going to happen now. And then, of course, when we throw in the fact that they do go to school and they do have these welcome visits, that's a confusion in itself because some children will go home afterwards. Some children go to back to nursery after they've been to their school. And that that is confusing because they used to come in into nursery at eight o'clock. Suddenly they're coming in at 11 o'clock when everybody's just out or they might come in at 12 o'clock when they're sitting down getting ready for dinner. Um, 
and that is that is a break in their routine they're not really sure why all these people are suddenly in and they're coming in later and i've been to school but nobody else has been to school with me um that causes a confusion um and then of course when they do go for their welcome visits that's it the school breaks up you've got six weeks before they actually go to school so it's like they forget the whole thing in between now and then you know um so it's a massive thing. The time concept for children when it comes to transition is a massive thing. Um, and then their, their behaviour between now and school, this is when we see a mass deterioration in their behaviour and, and all parents worry that suddenly something's gone wrong. You know, that we the children have enjoyed nursery right up until this point and then suddenly we're talking about school and their behaviour changes. Another really good reason to actually sit down with your parents um, and go through this to expect those changes in behaviour. But really, until it actually happens, you can't imagine that happening. Your child has come into nursery or, or whatever they're doing um, and they've been happy with that. And then suddenly they don't want to come to nursery or suddenly I had one little one recently, you know, loving, loving life suddenly bit someone. I mean, everybody was in like this state of, oh, my goodness, we knew as practitioners, we knew and understand what stood what was going on here. Um, but for parents, that was a massive strain, massive stress suddenly. And their natural reaction was, I must tell him off. I must tell him not to do it, of course. But when we really look at what's going on for him, when we look at the emotional intelligence in the fact that what is going on for this little boy right now, he had just been to school. He had just been to a, in, into school for a welcome visit and then he'd come back to nursery and then the whole afternoon uh, ran on. And whatever was going on in his little head, it was too overwhelming at that point for him. And it only takes a little ruckus to go on between him and another child or any, any children, something that he didn't like or something that wasn't going his way. And there was the frustration coming out. You know, so rather than he was so mortified with himself, I could have cried for him, bless his heart. He was so mortified that he'd done it because it's just it just wasn't in his nature to do that. Um, and it was with his little best friend as well. He felt awful. He's got a really good understanding of empathy, actually. And uh, he, he beat himself up. No one had to say anything. He knew that that was the wrong thing to do. But of course, our job, um, our job was to. Um, make sure that his emotional well-being is safe at that point he knew that he'd done the wrong thing so the best thing we could do was actually sit there and say hey what's up buddy you know that is of course we know that's the wrong thing to do but how are you feeling what made you do that <clears throat> where did that come from um <clears throat> excuse me and you know that that's when it came out I mean he didn't he didn't even really know how to articulate his feelings at that point but of course it, it was all to do with him just feeling a little bit wasn't sure about school and he came in late and he was a bit confused and all of that and so you know um behaviors can really deteriorate at this point they suddenly might stop eating or they might suddenly stop like being so efficient at going to the toilet and might have a few accidents and of course that causes alarm because you think my goodness they've got to do this by the time they get to school they've got to be able to do this efficiently and they have been so efficient um and independent in potty training but but you know it has a huge effect on the children and it can affect them in all sorts of different ways. Um, so we as practitioners at nursery, we, we are well prepared for this. 
Okay, we're very well prepared for it. Um, we don't actually transition children from younger groups up in this term because we know that the behaviour of the children is going to change. But what we must do, what we must do and what you must do as parents is make sure the rule number one for me is make sure that this their, their general routine is in place as much as possible. Don't take them out of nursery as much as possible. Um, it's interesting because I say sometimes some parents think, oh, I'll take my child out. And I did this, actually. Um, I decided to take Sam out of nursery um, over the summer because I thought it'd be lovely. And we'd spend some time together before they go to school. We'll go on holiday. Of course, going on holiday is different because that's what we all do. But I took him out for that time and decided actively to spend the time with him. And honestly, by week three, I think I just about had enough. Because it wasn't his fault, but he was out of sorts. He was out of routine. We'd finished nursery. We said goodbye as if we were a term time child and off we went. Um, but it was it was for him. It was the wrong thing to do. And so I, I truly advocate personally that if they're in nursery, keep them in nursery. It keeps their routine very stable, very similar. Um, and we do exactly the same when we're in nursery. Our routines are dead set. You know, it become it almost becomes a little bit more adult directed than child initiated, because when children are out of sorts, they need that significant other, that role model for them to keep all of that routine and boundary in place consistently so that they feel safe and secure within it. Um, if we start, you know, not putting things in place or you take them out of nursery and all of that, they everything gets a little bit wibbly wobbly. And their routines become wibbly wobbly and children can't deal with that. They need that stability to keep them safe and secure. Um, and the only way to do that, is, of course, is, is that we put that in place for them. Um, uh, so that 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 is rule number one for me. So keep their routines in place um, and just really tune in and understand that if there is a change in behaviour, that they really not understanding this whole concept right now. So again, they rely on you so much to help them out with what these emotions and feelings mean. And we're very quick to assume that our children should just be happy and should just continue as, as normal and nothing should affect them really. But of course they feel, feel feelings in, in exactly the same way as we do. They have emotions the same way as we do, but they don't know what to do with it. So they really do rely on us to keep things incredibly secure. And, th and if things go wrong, the worst thing you can do is absolutely kick off at your child, really tell them off and all of that. It's try and meet them, understand what's going on for them and meet them where they are at their needs as much as you possibly can. And really understand during this time that when they're pushing, they're feeling out of control. But also when they're pushing, you're going to feel out of control and you're going to your triggers are going to be pushed as well. So you really need to make sure that you understand what your triggers are. You understand um, what you need to do to self-regulate when those triggers come, because they will come. Because you're, if your child is that dysregulated on and off, on and off, up and down, up and down. And lots of people come and say, God, they're so up and down right now. Yeah, they are really up and down because they're confused within that and they can only rely on us to keep things very steady and stable for them. So it's down to you to make sure that you keep completely grounded and you know what techniques you use to keep yourself grounded. That is your responsibility right now. Your child does not need to feel your emotion at this point. They will naturally feel your emotion because they're going through it and you are going through something as well, which we'll talk about in a minute. But essentially, you are a responsible adult. You know what these emotions and feelings mean. So <clears throat> you have to deal with that yourself. You have to really 
understand how to ground yourself in these situations and you're never going to know when they're going to arise. So you've got to remain really strong within that as well, because you could be in the middle of Sainsbury's at this point and suddenly the whole world falls apart and everyone's watching. Well, you know how I feel about that. Rule number one is you don't worry about anybody else. They're just really glad they're not in that situation. Um, <clears throat> but uh, there'll always be somebody in the background waiting to criticise you, whether you've told them off, whether you've not told them off. It's, you know, there's always going to be somebody telling you you've done it wrong. Uh, so you might as well ignore everybody else and just brace yourself, I think. Um, <clears throat> I'm just having a look at my list to see what else I can uh, go through with you. Yeah, so routines, really, I'm talking about bedtime. I'm talking about, you know, dinner time. Keep the same, the, the, the routines very similar. Um, coming to nursery, keep those routines similar. Coming to uh, childminder, whatever you do, keep those routines very, very similar. And if not, a little bit tighter at this point as well, because they'll just feel a little bit more secure with it. I would also say don't talk so much about school. Talk about it when they want to talk about it. And I often hear children amongst themselves start talking about school. But because they're on a very similar level with each other, they say what they say in a moment and then they move on. Whereas what we tend to do is try and give them scenarios, try and say to them about making friends, try and say to them that they've got a uniform to wear, try and say to them that you were going to start in September and this is what it's going to be like and all of that. It's a very abstract concept for them right now and they can't really deal with that. Giving them a little bit of an insight as to the school that they're going to by going to welcome visits, of course, gives them a little bit of understanding. Likewise, a little bit of understanding when a when a teacher comes to visit nursery. It's few and far between that happens these days, but I'm really keen for, for school teachers to see children in their natural environment in, in nursery. So um, sometimes that really helps as well. Um, but keep talk to a, a keep chat to a minimum. And I and I also find somebody said to me recently, yeah, but that's all very well, Sally Ann. But when you're in the shops and you meet somebody, they say, oh, I hear you off to school in September. Are you looking forward to it? And you think, oh, God, you know, you just reminded them about it. And you can't help that. People are going to say that. Deal with it. Move with it swiftly on. See if the child wants your little one wants to say anything about it and then just move on. I would keep everything low key. If I were you, just don't talk about it with them. Keep all your routines in place um, and start talking to them about it. Probably the week before, literally the week before when you start getting their uniform ready, their lunchbox ready. Um, you know, they've left nursery at that point. Maybe that's when I would really start talking about nursery and, and really allow them to express how they're feeling. And you are going to worry if they say, I'm worried, I'm worried. I won't have my friends with me because you know, if we start talking about from a parent's point of view, what you're going to go through. Um, first of all, it was obviously making sure you got to the right school. Um, one of the biggest things you need to then start worrying about, of course, which I know everybody starts worrying about, is what were you going to do with them around your work time? You know, you've been working full time, nine till five up until now. Um, and eight till six is what nursery generally time is. Wonderful. Great. School's not like that. Um, school is nine till three and that's that. So you need to start figuring out what you're going to do around that breakfast club, after school club, um, childminder, how it's all going to work is, is quite a big stress for you. So and I know at this point, of, you know, you pretty much should have it all sorted by now. Um, but you'll be worrying yourself about the fact that you've become very comfortable with the practitioners at nursery. I talk mainly about nursery because that's my life. That that has been my life for so long. So, um, you know, you've been very as a parent, you've been very, very comfortable with your nursery 
teachers at that point. You've got a good rapport with them. That's all you've known. It's all their child has known. And you don't want to leave them. You know, you've built up such a rapport. It's it, it's a loss for you suddenly that you're you're moving away from nursery yourself because you will have built such a nice relationship with these people that suddenly then they're not going to be there anymore. Um, and it is a whole different ball game when you go to school. It's it's not wrong. It's just is how it is, really. But you won't have that end of day um, handover, that conversation with the teacher, because she's just going to let 30 children come out of the school gates and off they go. You know, you're going to have to have your 10 minute conversation or whatever it might be. I mean, it was 10 minutes in my day and I never really liked it. I'm going to be, be honest. Never really got anything out of 10 minutes. Always there was always a big notice on the door to say that then when, when your 10 minutes is up, the next person behind you is going to knock on the door and just come in and you finish. What have you got something sensitive you want to talk about your child? Don't ever be afraid to go and ask the teacher for some extra time. Uh, or if you want to chat, you have every right to go and ask the teacher for a chat. Um, I think that's completely, completely acceptable. Um, I always used when I did work in a school for a little while, I always made myself available at the end of school because I think somebody might want to ask something. Um, and that's completely most teachers should do that, to be fair. And I think that does happen. Um, but, you know, even meeting new friends in the playground, that's going to be a thing for you because you've not had this before. Most of the time you don't know most of the parents at nursery just come and go. We know everyone, but you don't know everyone. And I think, um, you know, suddenly being in the in the playground, you're under pressure a little bit to actually make friends with the, the new mummy over there and or your little ones coming out. I remember it with, with Victoria. She came out of school and she said, mummy, I want you to go and meet Saskia's, Saskia's mummy. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't know Saskia's mummy. I was really nervous about it. I'm thinking, oh, God, she's going to think I'm a right idiot. Just going over and saying, oh, hi, I'm sally Ann. Uh, we did, we did, and I'm very, very good friends with uh, my dear friend Jules. Um, we've been, we've known each other for twenty odd years now, which is great. So I'm very grateful for Victoria and Saskia for being friends. They're still best friends, which is good. Um, but you know, it's going to be a, a nerve-wracking time for you to actually say, right, okay, it's my time to be in the playground, or you might feel guilty in the fact that you need to be at work and someone else is picking your little one up. You know, that's not going to be a very nice emotion for you to deal with. Um, but if that's the route that you choose, that you need to stay at work or, or and go to work and someone else picks your child up, you're going to need to deal with that emotion yourself so that you can you you can enjoy the good bits around that. So, um, you know, when you get home from when you pick your little one up, maybe from the child mind to take them home, that's your special time together. You need to find those other avenues of special time together, because if you let it eat you up, that you can't pick your child up from school. And I know I know that was really important for me to do. Um, some people you have no choice. Some some people you have to go to work. Um, and that's that really needs must. But um, just find the time that actually when you are present with your little one, when you you are putting them to bed, create that space so that you can have a chat with them, because that's when children will open up as well, when they're just about going to bed and going to sleep. It's it's quite a nice time. It's almost like they're in a meditative state at that point, and uh, they do open up about what their day's been like. Um, and I would also say, you know, as time moves on, I would also say make space and time for the sports day, for the nativity play, for any harvest festivals, things like that. Make it really clear that you need to take that time off because they are important events for you to go to and you'll want to go to them as well. The other little tip I have, actually, which I found really useful with my children was the fact that when when I came to half terms, we actually didn't do very much in half term because I realised that we were all exhausted. 
You know, especially when your child starts in September, the first half term in October, you might be tempted to think, oh, let's go on holiday. Let's book up. Let's busy, busy, busy. Let's let's book in after school clubs and clubs and clubs and more clubs, um, which can become incredibly overwhelming. Um, but I kept half terms very low key. And you know what? If we just sat around for most of the week and um, we went out for nice walks together in nature or down the beach, we went to the woods or down the beach um, or sat and watched the telly, to be honest with you, this is what we like to do in. I see no problem with that whatsoever. I think children need downtime as much as we need downtime. And we're so keen all the time to fill up their time from this club to that club. And some children really need that. That's fine. Um, you can have a real mix of it going on. But I personally didn't decided not to go on holiday in half terms. We did go on holiday like at Easter or um, in the summer holidays, but generally the half terms we kept very low key just because I thought it's better that they just chill out at that point. And also I did, you heard me say about um, clubs, after school clubs, very, very tempting to book in for every after school club that is on offer. But just remember that they have a lot to deal with. Their little brain is massively under construction right now and suddenly we're sending them into school they've got to get used to like we said about your job new routine new people new classroom new place to go to the toilet new place to hang their coats up new place where they've got to get ready for PE independently um really finding their feet with their friends um where they go for lunchtime you know the list is endless for them and then suddenly we're going right let's go to swimming let's go I do think swimming is a really good idea, actually, because it's a it's an essential life skill to learn. Um, but I think, um, you know, you suddenly go to ballet and you go to uh, karate or gymnastics or uh, rugby and football and this that, and the other. And it can become so overwhelming for our children because they've got a lot going on at that point. And then, of course, when they suddenly start having meltdowns because they really can't deal with all of that huge change in emotion they get the blame for that as well you know they're not grateful um they don't don't know why they're behaving like this and it's like well hang on a minute it's too, there's too much going on so really tune in to what's going on for your child as well as what's going on for yourself um yeah it's a lot lot covered there there's a lot covered there and and that transition meeting that we have with parents is incredibly valuable i have to say uh, one that I really enjoy doing and thought it was a really good idea to get all of this information out to you as well. So um, I do hope that's helped. Uh, again, if you would like to DM me with any comments there or anything else within school transition that you might need some support with, uh, just put put it in the notes or put it DM me, which however you do that, have a look on Instagram. And again, if you want to uh, be the very best version of yourself to be the best person, be the best parent for your child. And you'd like to know more about working with me, then um, DM me the word parenting and we can start the conversation. So I do hope that was useful and thank you very much for joining in and I will speak to you soon.